and we're back. Uh, another exciting episode uh, for a very exciting movie. Um, yeah. We're have, the real couple. We're the real couple. I'm Dallas. And I'm Paige. And we're the real couple. Um, I have no other intro stuff to say. Can you think of any in- other intro stuff to say? No. Okay, then what movie did we watch, Paige? We watched Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah. Uh, funny, when I first heard about this movie, I remember immediately thinking, I'm never going to be able to remember that title. And now I totally do. There are several titles, like, throughout history that i still struggle with you know that yeah, um the ted bundy one the ted bundy one yep uh it's incredibly vile and and shockingly terrible and, and still vile like and that. also evil just like super bad incredibly awful downright terrible yeah it's kind of similar to that um awful terrible no good very bad day you know that story there's a story. Yes, I do. Reminds me of that. There's another one. It's Tom Hanks, and it's 9-11, and it's a small boy, and it's called, like, Incredibly Loud and Really Close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's another one of those difficult titles. But alas. But alas. Everything <sighs> Everywhere All at Once is not one of yeah, those. Yeah, it's no longer one of those. And and I'm I'm happy to say that I and can And after seeing the movie, title. the title is perfect yeah it is a good title um it has better titles apparently we'll get into that later um but yeah uh going into this what were you expecting i didn't really know what to expect Mm -hmm. uh i'd heard great things about it i knew that it had taken some golden globes Mm -hmm. for the acting um i knew it was an a24 Mm-hmm. So, you kind of have to expect some weirdness with yeah. an A twenty four film. Um, I feel like at this point, the only A twenty four films we've seen are the weirder ones. I don't think because I feel like A twenty four has some like rom com or just not romantic comedies, but like romantic movies. Um, I feel like they have, like, I feel like there's a movie called Like Crazy that may be an A24 film. I may be getting that wrong. Um, but, yeah, I feel like they have movies that aren't nearly as weird as this. I feel like there's a chance Lady Bird is an A24. Oh, okay. I could be off on that. I feel like Booksmart, I'm not as sure on Booksmart, but I feel like Booksmart may be an A24. Uh, there was one, was it Brooklyn? wasn't philadelphia it, but it was um i think it was saoirse ronan but like i think it was about an irish girl who moves to like brooklyn or something and falls in love with a, a boy in both places and so it's like do i follow the boy that i love over in this direction or the other boy that i also love over in this direction and i've heard that one's really good i think it was up for a bunch of awards that year but uh yeah so i i feel like a24 has some pretty straightforward movies that just didn't quite land with uh some of the bigger studios so they had to go to the indie studio of a24 but can a24 really be considered indie anymore like it's it's i feel like it's it's well known as the big budget 
indie. indie. Yeah, okay. like it's it's the big. It's name not like a studio. big player in yeah. the game. And I think but. the reason why it's considered indie is because once you get greenlit by A twenty four, A twenty four is not going to strong arm any of the creation of the film. That's apparent. Yeah. Whereas, like Universal, uh, Paramount, Disney, Disney, Disney. There are so sure. many times yeah. when. Uh, you'll you'll find out that filmmakers were like, the finished product isn't really what I wanted to make. It's just, um, I pitched my idea, and the studio was like, cool, we like it, but we want these changes made or whatever. Mm -hmm. A24 is much more, if we like it, you make it. And if halfway Which through... Which I like change that. It, yeah, it, it is really It leads cool. to some very funky movies, mm -hmm. but... Um, with this one, I... Didn't really know what to expect story-wise. Mm -hmm. uh, you had told me that it was about multi-dimensional mm -hmm. travel. Okay. Uh, but that's really all I knew going into it. Yeah. What did you expect going into it? I was... So, um, I feel like the finished product, without getting too much into spoilers, it's more... Um, that the main Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn. Evelyn, thank you. Um, it's it's more that Evelyn needs to channel specific alternate Evelyns here and there. Um, I had in my mind that it's more Evelyn is trying to collect Evelyns, like alternate oh, okay. Evelyns. Mm -hmm. So like once she is able to make a connection with Kung Fu Evelyn. Now our main Evelyn can do Kung Fu. And if she can also uh, tap into uh, Sniper Evelyn, then we our main Evelyn can do Kung Fu and be a precision sniper. Oh, I see. And yeah, so like... Eventually, she'll have the abilities of, like, 13 different Evelyns, but instead it's whenever she needs to do something, she needs to tap back into that one. Mm -hmm. But it's not a permanent change on yeah. Evelyn, if that makes sense. Um, I can see why this movie is getting Oscar buzz. Yeah. One thing that I said as soon as this movie ended, and I still stand by it, I'm surprised at how well this movie is being received. This is a bizarre movie. It is bizarre. This is a really weird film. Um, but it has strong lessons in it. it I, yeah. You don't really leave the movie wondering what it was about. Yeah. You're definitely left marveling at the journey it took you on. Mm -hmm. But it's not difficult to figure out what the movie was trying to tell you. Yeah, I feel like there are certain scenes where I'm like, wait, 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 what's going on in this scene? But overarching story, I still understood that. Mm -hmm. Even if I was kind of lost, maybe line by line or scene by scene, overarching film, I know exactly what, yeah. what happened. Overall, I loved this mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. um, and how A24 was able to get. Um, yeah. There's a... Uh, should we go ahead and put up the spoiler warnings? We're gonna dive in. Yeah, sure. Let's let's put up spoiler warning. Um, yeah, I, I 
thought uh, right when it was like, okay, yeah, this is getting pretty weird, like, you know, alternate universes and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden it was like, bitch, we have not gotten weird yet. You haven't seen hot dog fingers yet. Oh my gosh, the hot dog fingers. <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen hot dog fingers. You haven't seen uh, the rock universe yeah and then all of a sudden they were like also there's a universe where her pinkies are strong as shit (laughs) and i was like of course let's go (laughs) like this this movie feels like someone took just the most mind-boggling episodes of rick and morty ground them into a powder and just snorted those episodes and then made this movie there was no lack of creativity when yeah. they were thinking about what other universes you could have. Yeah. Um, In a world where you have hot dog fingers, you get really good at using your feet. Yeah. Um, In a world where you didn't join your husband, you became a famous movie star. Yeah. Um, which I had been hearing a lot of buzz about this one thing, and I'm glad it's still written on the board because I'm going to need help. Uh, but Kiwi Khan. Ki- Is that how you say that? I don't know. Um, but uh, Kiwi Kwan, I think. Uh, he Waymond. does. Yeah, Waymond. He does a phenomenal job in this movie. He uh, does. And at first glance, I was like, eh, I don't know if this is best performance type thing. And then after the movie, I had to think about it. And it's like, well, no, he, at the drop of a hat, switches between different personalities. These actors had to play multiple characters in this movie. And that, once I realized that, that's when it was like, okay, that's what makes it difficult. uh, Similarly, um, we haven't watched, uh, I I think we may have started season two, but one thing that really impressed me with, with Westworld was how well the actors and actresses playing androids could just at the drop of a hat be like oh no he's attacking me he's attacking me pause and they were like ah done yeah and like, same just with cut off oscar isaac in moon knight yes when he had to play mm-hmm. multiple yeah as well yeah um that kind of acting seems so difficult yeah and with like um i mean i'm i'm not a world-class actor nowhere close to it but um, back in high school and college when I would, uh, I was a theater major for, if the audience didn't know, um, there would be times where I was like, oh man, I'm, I'm, this, uh, scene is going really, really well. I really feel like I'm getting into the character and stuff like that. Um, I would really start to feel, uh, some of those emotions I was needing to feel. And... Uh, the concept of, and then a lot of that was just like surprise or anger or whatever. Whereas some of the scenes I'm talking about in, in like Westworld, it's like mid getting shot at or like yeah. being threatened at gunpoint. And like mm-hmm. they're sobbing and they're freaking out. I never had to do a scene where I was that like emotionally high. Yeah. And so to suddenly as an actor have to get all the way there in your mind and in your heart and in your soul for the scene and then have your scene partner go stop and just cut it off instantly. That would be 
difficult. Yeah. Or if it's not difficult, then before the stop moment, your performance wouldn't be that good. But the mm-hmm. fact that they did get all the way there and were able to just boom was amazing. Uh, and I think uh, Kiwi Kwan Waymond um, did a phenomenal job of those moments where um, he's able to just swap between things. Um, there's a great moment where I think they're hiding in like a side office and there's pandemonium. Everybody's trying to evacuate. And all of a sudden he turns to Evelyn and says like, uh, follow my lead and we'll get out of here just fine or something. And he just goes, okay, one, two, three. Opens the door and immediately just goes, oh my gosh, we gotta get out of here. What is happening? We need to leave. Yeah, it's such a great moment because he's really shown us, in my universe, I'm a badass. Yeah. (laughs) And so to switch to, I'm still a badass, but right now, badass Waymond has to play, not even normal Waymond, he needs to play freaked out extra for the cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um, One thing I did like with the whole verse jumping mm-hmm. aspect was that the audience had to learn with Evelyn how that works. So when they're like, Evelyn, tell her you love her. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, what do you mean? What? I can't do that. And they're like... That's exactly the point. And so you just start to learn what these jumping points are. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's like, oh, you have to pee your pants or you have to (laughs) shove that butt plug trophy up your butt. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) uh, I appreciated that they let the audience go on that journey with her. Yeah. And didn't. It didn't have to be, it didn't feel like it was very, like, exposition-y. Yeah. But um, we also didn't have to just figure it out. I I feel like there was a lot of exposition. Like, there was an absolute shit ton of exposition. Um, and uh, one thing I will say, I'm so, fortunately slash unfortunately, I'm glad I didn't see this in theaters. Because I needed subtitles on this. Same. They switch between, I I would assume Mandarin Chinese. I. Yeah, so they have Mandarin and they have Cantonese. Do they also do Cantonese? So she talks to her dad, I believe, in Cantonese. Really? She talks to her husband in Mandarin. And then she talks to her daughter in a mixture of... Chinese and English. Which Chinese? I think Mandarin. Okay. Um, Did you get this from IMDb or? Yeah. Okay. It was one of the trivia facts. Wow. Yeah. So I'll get the exact verbiage for you. You can keep talking while I. Once again, this is Dallas uh, taking a quick interruption uh, while I'm editing the next day. You all heard that. That was not a fart or a tummy growl or anything of the sort. Uh, Last night, Lily was being quite needy, and finally, um, Paige let our lovely little dog up on her lap, so that noise was Lily grumbling directly into the microphone. I'm not a perfect audio editor, and there's no way in hell I can do anything to get that out. So, 
You may hear more noises. It's just Lily. Sorry. Back to the episode. Okay. Um, so, okay. yeah, they, they Sorry, not only... I didn't have to look very long. Oh. <laughs> um, so it says, language is very important to the story. Evelyn speaks to her father in Cantonese, but she speaks to Waymond and Mandarin, showing cultural differences in their upbringing. Mother-daughter relationship language is also language-shaped. Evelyn speaks to Joy and Mandarin and English, while Joy answers back in English and bad Chinese. Okay. Neither one find the words to express their ideas clearly to the other, keeping them divided. Even the language barrier with the IRS makes everything harder. That is really, really interesting. And just adds another level of difficulty for your actors. Um, I... I would assume that, um, yeah, Michelle Yeoh, I'm quite certain, uh, and Ki Hui Kwan, I'm quite certain, and the grandpa, I'm certain, are all, like, native-speaking fluent in I, yeah. I, Chinese of whatever kind their origin is. Just heads up, I know very, very, very little about the differences between Cantonese and Mandarin. I know that they're both a thing. So, you know. Um, but yeah. Uh, From what I know, Cantonese is more like old school. Okay. Okay. And then Mandarin is sort of newer, newer. Okay. I guess. Um, but yeah, so I, I would assume for these roles, those actors didn't have to learn, but they did have to um, maybe uh, polish up on there yeah um but maybe they they all speak it regularly in their private lives um but uh i i am curious how fluent the daughter is coming into this movie and i wonder if that's maybe what helped her to you know answer back in english and bad chinese mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah like the the language is really difficult um and as a as an audience member there would be times where i'm seeing yellow subtitles which is being translated into english mm -hmm. and then like the white subtitles or black subtitles whatever it was and that's just them speaking english and there would be times when both of those are on screen and so i was like oh wow i'm not sure if i weren't seeing this in with subtitles on i don't know if my ear would have thought to listen for English right now. Or if it yeah, would have just been like... Yeah, I wonder what the theater yeah, like experience the, was like. The stuff on the bottom of the screen is everything they just said. When in reality, that's half of what they said because the first half was in English. Um, Apparently, the rock universe... Yeah. Uh, the dialogue was going to be spoken. Interesting. But Michelle Yeoh was the one that suggested that it be... Just silent subtitles? Si yeah, subtitled. Wow. That's great. I love it. Like, Oh, yeah. The the Rock universe was so great. And did such a great job of just bringing... Googly the, eyes. The tempo of the story <laughs> down. Yes. It was happening so fast. I was kind of struggling to keep up. It was so much to take in in so little time. And all of a sudden... Pretty much just a freeze frame on rocks for a bit. And every once in a while they say like a sentence or two. And it was so it was a nice, nice breather yeah. in the middle it of a chaotic a nice movie. breather. Um, 
One thing I feel like we have to talk about with this movie is how the VFX was Yo, done. That was really, really interesting. It yeah. was done by nine people, including the two directors. Um, but the majority of the shots were done by a core group of five people, none of which went to school for VFX. They just taught themselves and they found tutorials online. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. In a time where VFX is done by massive companies with thousands of people working on every scene, to have an entire movie done by nine people? Yeah, there's a, a great video I just watched yesterday. Um, it's on YouTube. It's uh, from the YouTube channel Wired. Um, but it's uh, how a five-person team made blockbuster-level movie effects. Um, really, really great video. They really break down so many of the different things that they did. They explain how they did the uh, hot dog fingers, which oh, so easy. So, so easy. Is they it? They literally just took a cast of the actress's hands, uh-huh. and then once they pulled their hands up, a guy came through with literal hot dogs and just pushed them down at the end of each finger and then they so filled the cast. So it's actual hot dogs. Literal hot dogs, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um and then they just, you know, closed the molds, filled them up and those are yeah, and then they were able to just sort of like put them on like gloves. That is crazy. Yeah. Um the first time that Evelyn uh verse jumps and she's like sitting in the IRS office and she like goes, she's in her chair and she goes flying through the room and she like yeah. slams into the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the janitor's, janitor's closet. closet. Yeah. Apparently they, uh, I guess like open the shutter or something in order to make it look like it was happening super fast. And the chair she's sitting in is inside of like a wheelbarrow. And so okay. they just had someone pick up the wheelbarrow handles and walk her in a very normal speed through this office building and had her like put her arms forward and freak out. And, but she had to freak out in slow motion. Could you imagine filming that? Right. <laughs> and I guess, uh, right behind Evelyn. So blocking it from view of the camera right behind Evelyn, they just have a leaf blower for the wind. Okay. So that's blowing on her. She's got her hands forward and freaking out in slow motion as they go through the office. And so she's just... Uh, so simple. Uh, so simple. So effective. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that because they did it practically and because they did things that... They also shot most of the scenes in a higher frame rate so that they okay. could have the flexibility of like... Slowing it slow down. Slow motion. And... Okay. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of thing like... You can do those special effects with a five-person team because that's easy. You just have to have the creative mind. It's a lot of what we've been talking about with um, James Cameron lately. Like, he has this idea, but he knows how to strategically put it into his film. The T-1000 works really well because he knew how to use it in his story and he knew what the special effects were capable of 
were capable of at the time. So he plans his scenes around it. He plans his uh, like choreography, cinematography, all that stuff. Um, he knows where to put the camera in order to allow the computers to do, you know, exactly what they're capable of so that it looks fantastic. And a lot of movies and directors don't quite have that. And mm-hmm. so they may just uh, swing for the fences and it's too clear when it falls short. Whereas with James Cameron, it's like, oh, it fell short there, but he made sure it fell short in a moment when you would barely notice that it fell short. I wish that that I could be a fly on the wall of the brains of these creative people. Yeah. Because I am not that kind of a thinker. I'm definitely the black and white type logical thinker. I have no creativity in my body. Um, I, I'm constantly singing the praises of like early films of big deal directors. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Rodriguez's first film, uh, or I think it was his first film. It was his first like big deal movie. It's called El Mariachi, and um, from what I understand, like there's one moment where this guy is supposed to like pick up like a, not a Tommy gun, but some sort of a fully automatic machine gun. He picks it up and, and they could only real they couldn't afford that many things on this movie. So they can buy one blank. They load one blank into the gun. The guy stands up, pulls up the gun, bang. And then in the final movie, they just took that one shot and play it like 10 times. Oh. Back to back. So he, bah, 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 bah. it's just the one shot. Yeah, it works. It saves money and you get the idea. Cool. Like all of those different early movies. How do you save money? How do you cut corners? Love that shit. Love it so much. Um, and then I think there are also times when like big high budget movies will unfortunately try to cut corners, save a dime or two and people are like, you had the budget. You should have. And I'm like, whatever there's a a scene or a shot in one of the later transformers movies or by later, I mean three. So first half of the franchise. Um, but it's this car driving down the freeway and just get like, gets crushed by a Decepticon. And I guess that shot of the car getting crushed was originally shot for an earlier Michael Bay film. And they just sort of said, you know what? That's the shot we need. We're going to be adding a huge CGI robot. So no one's, people won't immediately recognize it from whatever movie it was filmed for. Did they recognize it? A lot of people were like, oh my gosh, Michael Bay is so lazy. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why destroy another like three or four cars when you don't have to? Let let that money go to something this else. Already expensive like, enough. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I have no problem with that shit, but I know some people get all up in arms about it. Um, but then there are other times where those big blockbuster, high budget movies, you'll find out how much money they threw away at certain things. There's, uh, I think it was. Um, Going off on such a tangent, I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it was 
Superman Returns, the uh, Brian Singer, um, Brandon Routh, Kevin Spacey uh, movie. And there's this sequence on Krypton. And there are like these huge crystal pillars and stuff. Every single one of those pillars cost like $10,000 a piece to construct. And they're everywhere. That scene got deleted. Hmm. Not in the final film. They spent ten grand per pillar. That's Why? so much money. And then they <laughs> ended up not putting that scene in the final product. Are you Feels out of your mind? Feels like a waste. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, ten grand. There's a chance someone listening to this is like, I know That's nothing. Yeah, like well, or or I know the fact that dallas is fishing for and it wasn't 10 grand it was actually some other number whatever i don't care but i know there were pillars they were expensive either they were on krypton or they were in this fortress of solitude either way i'm nearly positive the punchline of the story was that it was a deleted scene and since the fortress of solitude actually appears in the film i'm pretty sure it must have been on krypton i don't know shut up don't at me get away from me leave me alone anyways anyways Back I digress. To everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Um, so the uh, title is different mm-hmm. in different Chinese speaking markets, um, which I think are hilarious. They are. So in mainland China, the title is In an Instant, the Entire Universe. In Hong Kong, the title uh, is a play on words which can be translated as Mystical Woman Warrior Saves the Universes and Mystical Woman Warrior Fucks Up the Universes. In Taiwan, the title uh, can be translated as either Mom's Multiple Universes or So Fucking Many Universes. Uh, The Chinese title is seen in the movie's title card and poster uh, is actually... Uh, wild and unrestrained imagination. Man. Just crazy titles. And I thought Everything Everywhere All at Once was crazy. I just like Mystical Woman Warrior fucks up the universes. Yeah. Um, I don't think a US title could have the word fuck in it. But maybe it's different in China and Taiwan. I feel like uh, there are times when like titles will sort of go as far as they think they can. Um, like uh, there's a TV show, Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23 or something. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's supposed to be bitch, but it's funny. And they're like, yeah, it's it has to be B. You can't change the title because then it doesn't rhyme. Ha ha ha, we're clever. And I'm like, yeah, good job, guys. Um, but uh, yeah, you could never just call a movie like fuck don't (laughs) you worked really hard on that title good job um yeah you can't call a movie fuck you heard it here first folks (laughs) i'm sorry but you just can't um another little piece of trivia that i enjoyed was that uh in one universe that was not used in the film evelyn is a piece of sentient spaghetti being cooked in a pot 
She has a son who is a piece of elbow macaroni, eager to be the one thrown against the wall as a test of sticky doneness, as this will show he has become a man. Love it. I, I would love to see... I I didn't check, but I wonder if there are any deleted scenes on the uh, iTunes Ooh, extras. We should check. Yeah. Um, one thing, bit of a... Uh, left turn at the traffic light but uh this actually does have to do with everything everywhere all at once for once shocking right um but uh going back to the like what did you anticipate the movie was going to be before watching it i totally thought that jamie lee curtis was the main villain in this so i was very surprised to find out she's just like the lead henchman of yeah um the name joy <laughs> yeah uh or... jobu tupaki yes um which such a great line when i think it's waymond is telling evelyn about jobu tupaki and she says you're just making up sounds great line <laughs> um yeah uh really liked it this is one of those movies that after a single watch I really feel the need to see it an, another time. Yeah. A lot went on in that film. I think we could definitely benefit from a second viewing. Yeah. Um, now that we know the base mm -hmm. of where it's going, I think the second viewing, we could get more details. Yeah. And I wonder if a second viewing... Uh, I feel like there's a lot of times where a first viewing you're like oh my gosh there was there was so much going on there was too much going on and once you see it a second time you're like okay first time through it feels like a lot second time through it's it's much more mentally manageable um i feel like christopher nolan is kind of the the poster child of this concept where it's just like oh my gosh you can't even begin to comprehend inception and by your third viewing or something you're like oh okay yeah, now that I've memorized the different dream layers and, and the significance of each one, who the architect is on each one, yeah, I'm good. Um, I feel like similar uh, to that, everything everywhere all at once would be another one of those where uh, the more times you see it, the less mentally terrifying it becomes. Yeah. Um, I did also read this is A24's highest grossing film domestically. Wow. It has grossed over $100 million worldwide. I guess I could see that. And has surpassed Uncut Gems, which was previously A24's highest grossing film. Wow. Still haven't seen Uncut Gems. Really Have want not. to. Um, that was one that got a lot of hype. And then all of a sudden, like, one person I know said they thought it sucked. I was like, oh, man, that's a shame. And now that I think about it, I disagree with that person a lot of the time. <laughs> so, um, sorry, Ariel. <laughs> um, it's okay. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen to this. Um, sorry for talking shit on Ariel, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, I feel like Uncut Gems is one of those A24 films that isn't nearly as weird as you think all of their films are yeah um, have you seen edge of 17 not yet okay 
Edge of Seventeen is really good. Pretty sure it's an A24. You tried showing it to me okay. uh, the day that I tore my tendon when I stepped in the hole at the dog mm. park. And the pain in my foot uh, surpassed any ability I had to pay attention to a movie. Okay. I can see how I was wrong in that moment. I still understand how I got there. If you're going to be crippled, might as well watch a movie. I get it. Yeah. If I were crippled and it's like, hey, Dallas, want to go run places? I'd be like, no, I can't run. I have to sit here and do nothing. If the person were to then be like, would you like for me to turn on this TV in front of you? I'd be like, more than anything else in the world, Ron. So yeah, I I get how I got there, but I also get why you weren't able to focus. But um, Kind of like you weren't able to focus during this episode? I never focus during <laughs> these episodes. That's my my lovable trait as a host is that I get off topic. Oh. That's why people love me. You have a lovable trait as a podcast host now? As your husband, I've got to say, fuck you. Nope. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Marriage is fun. It's so fun. Do it, guys. Um, You'll fall into deep, deep hatred for someone <laughs> he loves me sometimes don't worry she loves me sometimes okay so we've talked performances special effects cinematography cinematography was just insane bonkers yeah um, um i did like that uh they every time there was universe jumping it was pretty much just put the camera about a foot away from your main character and just make make a move real quick right <laughs> um and yeah, uh, oh, I really loved the like shattered glass look. Yeah, yeah. when she was like accessing too many. Yeah, like like alternate. mirroring simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember seeing that in trailers and stuff, and being like, "Hold up, what is this movie? You have my attention." Um, so choreography. Yeah. I liked how choreography was. I would say for the most part, pretty silly. Yeah. Like during the fight scenes, like when you hit someone, they go flying across the room, even mm-hmm. though you only smacked them with like a metal chair. Um, Kehui Kwan mm-hmm. did most of his own stunts during the fanny pack fight. I think I heard that. That is so uh, great. Andy Lee did stand in for him in a few cases, okay. but they used face swapping technology. Okay. There's one moment where... I thought that fanny pack fight was hilarious. It was hilarious, and at some point... And then point, when he adds the rocks from the fish tank? Yeah. And then he hits one security guard, and another security guard is like, Chris! And then looks forward and realizes he's just opened himself up to the next attack, and he shows, Chris! Fuck. Bam! <laughs> Great moment. Um, and it's still early enough on in this movie... That you're like, oh man, that was crazy. And then an hour later, there are hot dog fingers. Um, so. it This yeah. movie takes you on a journey. Yeah. Um, oh, real quick. Um, it's always so fun to see James Hong in movies. 
Is that the old grandpa yeah. guy? Like, did you recognize him at all? I feel like I did, but I don't know what from. Okay. He's in so many things. You haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China, but he's in that. Um, you've seen the Kung Fu Panda movies? Yes. He's the dad. The goose. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he's in... What? Something came out in 2022 called Gremlin's Secrets of the Mogwai. What? There's an animated 10-episode Gremlin show? What the fuck is this? Huh? With Ming-Na Wen and B.D. Wong? I'm gonna shit my pants. What is this? George Takai and Sandra Oh in a Gremlin... Fuck me in the face. Okay, so he, uh, I, I feel like he may have, I don't think he was in the original Gremlins. I don't think he was. Um, he's in Turning Red, apparently. He's in, he's in so many things. Like, take my word, he's in a bunch. Um, man, how many credits does this guy, yo, this guy, he he has done quite a bit of voice work, but he's also done a fair amount of live action. Mm-hmm. He's got 451 credits on IMDb. Ooh. Yeah, that's usually the type of numbers that only voice actors can do. Um, so, yeah, always so fun to see that guy. Um, saw him once at Comic-Con. Hilarious. Absolutely just legendary. Um, so, yeah. Glad to see he was in this movie. That was dope. Um, Aquafina was almost in this movie. Really? Mm-hmm. She was in talks to play the daughter. Glad she wasn't. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Not a huge Aquafina fan. Me neither. I hate to say it, but yeah. Um, she comes at every role with the same energy, and it's an energy that I think doesn't work for most of the characters she plays. Mm-hmm. Um, again, sad to say it. But yeah, um, whereas I think the daughter, uh, Stephanie. Sue. Sue. It's it's spelled H-S-U. That. Wow. I don't know how we those. We really suck at pronouncing Chinese names. I'm My sorry to any of our guys. listeners that um, are good at it. But yeah, I, I thought she did a phenomenal job. Um, great to see uh, Jenny Slate in this movie. Oh, speaking of Jenny Slate in this movie. The fight with the dog. <gasps> that fight hurt. I was glad that it was always so blatantly a fake dog. Yes. Like they would throw in like a sound effect. But visually, that was not a that real That lady dog. sucks as a dog mom. She yes. drop kicked her dog. Yes. Also, she was trying to destroy the universe. But she drop-kicked her dog. In order to destroy the universe. Going to hell. In all universes. Yeah. For drop-kicking a dog. And for attempted destruction of universes. But the dog. But the universe. Do you know how many dogs are in a universe? A lot. So many. If you destroy a universe, that therefore means you've destroyed a great many dogs. At least 47. At least. Bare minimum. 
we're on the same page here. Yep. I was just about to say we're on the exact same page. That's not what you're about to say. Isn't it? Um, also, Rick Biff, uh, the guy... I got his name wrong. <laughs> I was like, who the hell is Rick Biff? He... Babe, it gets worse. Oh, no. He plays a character named Rick. The actor's name is Biff With. That is somebody's legal name? I guess so. Biff With? Biff With. That can't be real. B-I-F-F space W-I-F-F. Biff With. Biff With. But yeah, the guy with the um, big white beard who's like, you are the same type of uh, smelling stuff. Cologne? Cologne. Cologne? Perfume? Perfume. There it is. Um, you wear the same kind of perfume as my late wife. Oh, that guy. yeah. The guy in the laundromat. Yeah. I'm nearly positive. He plays Santa Claus in I Think You Should Leave. I just looked it up, and I am correct. Um, of course you are. So, yeah. Um, I think that's pretty much all I had to say on this movie for the most part. Um, Who do you want to meet this week? Before we get there. You just said you were done, sir. I'm done discussing this movie specifically. Oh, so what movies are we going to discuss now? Earlier this evening, you and I talk, spoke at length about uh, the upcoming Oscars this year. This and is true. We did. how we're we're expecting this is definitely going to get nominated for best picture. Yes. Uh I would anticipate Ki Hui Kwan being nominated for best supporting. Michelle Yeoh is going to get a nom for best lead. Lead actress. Yeah, I could see that. Um The daughter we... might get a nom. Okay. For supporting. Okay. Uh, maybe Jamie Lee Curtis? Oh yeah. I no. could see that. Um for supporting as well. It's. I, I feel like there have been a lot of really, really good performances this year that I'm not sure I agree that every one of the people we just named should be nominated in all those categories. But I would say Michelle Yeoh and Kiwi Kwan definitely should be. If for... they don't get nominated, there is something wrong. Yeah. Um, but again, like, there, there's... There are times in the Oscars where it's like um, a, a certain movie won't get nominated. And I'm like, what the heck? But then I look at everything that did and it's like, which one should get knocked out? Yeah. And, you know, um, so, yeah. I, there were some heavy hitters this year. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see Oscar noms. Yeah. Those come out next week, I believe. Is it next week? Okay. Tuesday. They come out on Tuesday. Damn. All right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, this will be nominated for best picture with the the reception it's been getting i wouldn't be overly shocked to see it actually win yeah um i think that could be really really interesting um uh some other things we were uh discussing um i would be really well okay i wish this movie could get uh, recognition for its creativity in special effects. Yes. You know, the the uh, few people who did it, the um, 
just insightful knowledge of, of how to incorporate and execute and all that stuff. With that said, the Oscar for Best Special Effects, it's already been given it's gotta go to, to Way of Water. Yeah. yeah. There's no way in heaven, hell, or anything in between that that Oscar does not get handed to Avatar 2. Um, but it could be cool to see this nominated. Yeah. Even though yeah. everyone knows it's a losing game. Um, but uh, another thing we were, we were... I think the Daniels could be nominated for Best Director. Yeah. Um, again... I don't know if they would win. Um, I mean, they're up. They'll probably be up against James Cameron and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, um, I know Fablemans is a pretty heavy favorite at the mm-hmm, Oscars this mm-hmm. year. Um, I or would, it's predicted to be. I wouldn't be too surprised, um, but at the same time, it it could be. We'll see. Um, but uh, the director of Top Gun Maverick. Um, that was a really, really good movie and a really, really ambitious movie. Oh, yeah. And I feel like there are times with Best Director, the nominees, from time to time, they can just go due to ambition of project. Um, so we'll we'll see if that gets a, a nomination. Uh, one thing that people have been talking about this for years and it's criminal that it still hasn't happened they need to come out with an oscar for best stunt work absolutely Um, they do and you and i were talking about this and you had brought up the concept that uh a stunt oscar would just go to one person like the the stunt stunt man or stunt woman who did the best job um i would anticipate Similar to like special effects, uh, sound mixing, stuff like that. It wouldn't go to one person. It would go to a team. Um, and I, I feel like if that weren't the case, if uh, they did come out with a stunt Oscar and only gave it to one stunt person, they would pretty much be creating an Oscar just to immediately do it incorrectly. Um but I agree with that. Yeah, I, I still think they they need to come out with that Oscar. And uh, as we were discussing that, I tried to think of is, uh, stunt work. Really feels like the one aspect of filmmaking at this point that is just getting shafted at the awards um, because I don't feel a need for you know best craft services or um, best any best lighting or anything like that. Um, But yeah, cinematography is a a big thing that goes into movie making best uh, costume design, big thing that goes into movie making best makeup, best um, set design, all that stuff really affects the movie. So does stunt work. But up until now, they just don't acknowledge it. And I feel like it's the last big piece of the puzzle that's missing um as i was thinking through that i tried to come up with like if they were suddenly going to come out with like two new uh oscars one was stunt work what's the other one going to be the one thing that popped into my head i'd be really interested to see an oscar for best use of filming on location Uh, and just thinking back through through the years 
um, movies like Lord of the Rings, you know, really, really showcasing the beauty of New Zealand or uh, Mad Max Fury Road filming on location in, uh, I think it's the Tunisian desert, I think. I could be off on that. But uh, that movie not only filmed on location, but the film itself really spends a lot of time um, like glorifying and praising the visuals mm-hmm. of the natural earth. Um, and yeah, there are so many times where if a film is filmed on location, you can kind of feel that. Um, there are, uh, I mean, say what you will about Game of Thrones, but holy shit, the locations they go to to film incredible, just gorgeous. And the thing with, uh, things like, uh, Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones and stuff like that, the difficulty of not only filming on location, but transporting that many extras that many horses yep that many you know cameras and lighting and all that stuff but dude transporting because a lot of the times when it is filming on location in places like that um you you have to have armies and stuff because it's usually for the big battle sequences so yeah you have to be transporting a shitload of extras but then yeah whenever animals are involved it's just it's mind-boggling and i feel like that is one huge amount of labor in a lot of films. Oh, it absolutely just is. Never gets acknowledged. Um and and because of that, it could also shine a light on things like um if you have a Lord of the Rings film and a Narnia film, and Lord of the Rings gets nominated and Narnia doesn't, and people are like, why not? And that sort of shows you. Narnia wasn't filmed on location. That's a lot of green screen. Yeah. Um, and and so then it's it's not just cinematography. It's not uh, how beautiful were the landscapes. It really comes down to were those landscapes real. Uh, there were a few times in Mad Max Fury Road where they would edit the exact layout of rock formations or exactly how the horizon looked. But they still went to that place to film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like an award for the dedication to actually going there to do that. It, it could be interesting to, um, uh, not glorify reward that. that. Yeah. Reward, reward such talent and effort. Um, so yeah. Um, stay tuned. Yeah. Oscar nominations are coming out on the 24th. Yeah. So by the time our next episode comes out, Oscar nominations for 2023 should be out. Will be out. Um, I think the next few episodes of our podcast will most likely be focused on some of the bigger hitters um, for the Oscars this coming year. We've already done several. We've already we discussed have. Shape of Water. Way of water. Way of water. Not fish sex. Damn you, Del Toro. <laughs> I'm kidding. Guillermo Del Toro is a beautiful man. I've did we do him. an episode on Top Gun Maverick? I feel like we did. I don't remember. I'm nearly positive we did. Okay. Um, I could be off on that. We'll have to check. Um, we've done so many episodes. Um, 
I think this is our 31st episode. It is. Holy shit. Go us. Um, See, I think we did Top Gun Maverick. If not, we'll probably do an episode on Top Gun Maverick. Um, But uh, yeah, we definitely already did Avatar. Um, So yeah, but there's still a a lot lot of We need to see Fablemans. Fablemans. We need to see The Whale. Yeah. Um, A lot Uh, of people are predicting Tar will be big. Yeah. The Banshees of Inishirin mm-hmm. is predicted to be nominated quite a few times. Yeah, we uh, we did not do an episode, but we did see Woman King. We did, yes. Um, that was one that we disagreed on. A bit. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I didn't like it, I just didn't think. Uh, I I felt like it was more of an action movie instead of an Oscar contending drama, um, but. If it gets nominated, we will discuss it, and we'll get more into detail on that. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, excited to see how the Oscars play out this year. Same. There have been times in years past when... We don't um, have a lot of trust in the Academy. Yeah. Uh, There have been times when things win, and I'm like, what the hell? Shut up. And then I talk to people, and everyone's like, oh, no, that was definitely the right choice, and I'm shocked. And then there are other times where... It just feels like the wrong thing won. And there are times when I still disagree with the masses on this, but like, um, we didn't like Parasite on first watch. And when everyone started praising Parasite as much as they did, uh, I've, I've come to, um, an understanding that I really feel like I need to, uh, revisit Parasite because I, I feel like I went in not knowing what kind of movie it was trying to be. Yeah. And so when I saw it, it just seemed like a movie that It's also one of those movies missed that its like mark in a big way. Researching after on yeah. themes and mm-hmm. how it was made and why it was made. Yeah. Is the, that's helpful. Yeah, there's a lot in of understanding. Like, the message of cinematography in that where like the way they stage shots. Yeah makes a big deal and I was not looking for that at all. So I, I feel like I really need to go back and revisit that. Okay, fine. But then there's things like I think it was last year, um, best animated feature went to like Luca, didn't it? Yeah, or whatever the Pixar movie was. And then I found out later um that several people who are able to vote in the Academy Awards came right out and said I didn't get around to seeing three of the five contenders because they aren't movies my kids were interested in Flea was robbed yeah uh I haven't even seen Flea but just the premise of it I was like that's that's a far better film than Luca and every time I tried to say that people were like no did you see Luca Luca was good Luca was fun it's like it's not about that's why Luca won yeah it won because it's fun but and because people saw it yeah it did not win because it was the best it won because it was the most accessible and that's bullshit if you are in the academy and you're allowed to vote you need to be putting in the work or you need to recognize you shouldn't be voting. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, I'm very interested to see how it plays out this year. Yeah. And yeah. see um, kind of where the lines are drawn. Mm-hmm. Because it feels like a lot of times 
it's very political. It does. Yeah. Um, there have been times in years past when it feels like there's a nice like balance. There are certain years when one or two movies will just absolutely sweep and take everything. Sometimes that's a good thing. I'm still so fucking happy about how many Oscars Mad Max Fury Road won. And Dune. Dune. Dune did well. Yeah. Um, but then there's other years when you look at uh, the big like five or six uh, best actor, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. Um, best picture, best director, and like the screenplay and adapted screenplay. There are times when none of those go to the same person twice. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really cool. Or the same movie twice. Like, right. um, Well, and it was interesting because last year, Power of the Dog, I believe, got like 11 noms. And yeah. I think they only won one. Okay. Yeah. Which I could be off goodness. on those numbers, but they got nominated for everything and they didn't win very much yeah which i have no problem hallelujah because that movie sucked i hated power of the dog i remember one thing every time i would bash on power of the dog there always seemed to be one person in the room that was like well 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 you gotta give it to him you gotta give it to him that was beautiful cinematography and that was the first time i was like big fucking whoop they filmed in New Zealand. Of course they're going to have good cinematography. If you take a camera to New Zealand and you don't capture beautiful shots, you're useless with a camera and should be fired. Like, at that point, like, Peter Jackson did amazing things to film New Zealand. Good for him. He was also kind of one of the first to really praise the appearance of New Zealand. Power of the Dog... At that point, so many movies were like, hey, does anybody know how beautiful New Zealand is? At that point, but I don't care But they also just anymore. made it look like Wyoming. Yeah. Yeah, that's another thing. Story takes place in Wyoming. Where should we film? How about across the world? How about as far from Wyoming as we can get? They were going for your Oscar of best filming on location. Yeah. Um, I Thankfully, I don't know anyone who's really defending Power of the Dog story-wise. Um, I didn't think performances were that good. I didn't think story was good. I didn't think music was very good. Like, everything about that was so just... Not even necessarily bad. Just weird. Yeah. Yeah. Just unenjoyable. Unnecessary. Yeah. It was strange. Yeah, it, it's a very strange, off-putting movie. But yeah, we are excited for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. They are on March 12th. Okay. So we have a few weeks to get some episodes in discussing some of the bigger movies that are going to be yeah. all over the Oscars. Uh, we may do a bonus episode that week and just do an episode on just the Oscars. We might. Um, um, we'll see how things go that week. Oh, yeah. That's a busy week for us. Uh, 
we have a family wedding yeah. the day before the Oscars. Yeah. So um, we'll see. Yep. We also have a family funeral coming up yep. in the next week and a half at this point. Yeah. Uh, so bear with us. We were we will still do our best to get episodes out every Thursday. Um but sometimes life happens. So yeah. we shall see. Yep. Uh, but who do you want to meet this week? Yes. Who do I want to meet? Uh, this came to me a couple days ago. And ever since then, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the right answer. Holy shit. Uh, I really, really want to meet Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg has been one of those actors that for years now, uh, he's he's an actor. If he's in a movie, I want to see the movie. He's, he's so good. Yeah. And... I would say he's one of those that very, very rarely picks a bad role. I would agree. Um, he's very, very often in uh, good movies. And if nothing else, um, he's at least in roles that fit him. Yes. Like there, there are people I know that uh, really didn't care for uh, Ready Player One. I really feel like Ready Player One is a universe. Simon Pegg should be included in. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. Uh, but, dude, uh, ever since I saw um, Shaun of the Dead. I love him in Shaun of the Dead. It's so good. Um, that's one. I've seen that movie so many times. And I'm still noticing or finding out new details that I had no idea about. Um, Even down to his role in The Boys. Like... Yeah. He's so good. He's so, so good. Um, I approve of this choice. Yeah. Um, he's he's great in the entire Cornetto trilogy. So Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and uh, World's End. Um, he's great in... Yeah, The Boys. Um, he's great... He's great in the Mission Impossible movies. Mm-hmm. So fun, so lovable. Um, and just, he's great and ready player one. Um, he's going to be in the new Harry Potter or uh, Hogwarts Legacy video game. Um, Stoked for that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, Simon Pegg just, oh my gosh. And Paul, I love Paul. Paul's so damn good. Um, yeah, he's such a great actor that, Every time I, I find out he's being cast in a new role, it's almost always like, oh, no way. He would kill it. Like, and so, yeah. Um, and I feel like similar to like Alan Tudyk, he's really one of those actors that no one has noticed how good he always is. Yep. So, yeah, I would love to meet Simon Pegg. Paige, who do you want to meet? I've had her on my list for a few Ooh. weeks now. Ooh. But I saved her for this episode. Mm-hmm. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh. Really? I adore her. From what? Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. Shang-Chi. Yep. Um, and then everything everywhere all at once. Okay. She just... She's also, like, in interviews and on red carpet, she's just graceful. And she's very poised and very humble. Okay. 
And she's done a lot for the Asian American community mm. as an actress and as a public figure. Um, she I was just a think... Bond babe. Was she? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I believe she's the uh, Bond girl in Tomorrow Never Dies. She's just awesome. I would love to meet her. Yeah. I love cheering on these badass women that are just breaking these glass ceilings. And... Yeah. In Shang-Chi, she's the aunt, right? Yes. I think so. Um, I've only seen Shang-Chi the once. Yeah. So I... I that's one that I, I need to see the again. The once? That's not how I, that I, goes. I, I, the I didn't one say time. Anything. I have seen it one time. Okay. I feel like the once is is it just, just close enough weird. you can get away with it. So I didn't say anything. Okay. Fine. Um but yeah, that's that's a good one. Um anyways, follow yeah. us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. The.real.couple. And if you want to listen to us on a different platform than yeah. the one you're currently listening on, we're on Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Words are hard. They are. Uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Yeah. Uh, if you want to buy some swag, we've got an Etsy shop up now. Um, kind of. Kind of. We have the beginnings of an Etsy shop up. Yeah. It's going to get there. And chances are you're listening to this in the future. So there's better chances that we have more up. Um, so, yeah. Thanks for listening. I think that's everything. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Have a great night. Have a great time of whenever. Um, we don't know for sure what we're going to listen or what we're going to be watching next week. Therefore, what we're going to be talking about next time. Um, but yeah, like we said, we are taking a break from um, uh, audience recommendations. However... That does not mean we don't want to hear your recommendations. So if you're an audience member, which if you can hear this, you are, give us some recommendations. Keep sending them in. Yeah. Keep sending them in. And for the next little bit, we're going to ignore them. But then we won't. Bye. Bye.